0: Today I want to show you what I believe is the most spiritual quality that has the greatest potential to change, not only the rest of this year, but your life. No doubt about it. This quality is absolutely and completely the key to your spiritual strength. It's the key to your physical health. It's the key to your relational health, it's the key to your emotional health, it's the key to your financial health, it's the key to your marriage, it's the key to every relationship that you have, and it's also the key to accomplishing your goals. Do you want to know what the quality is? Let me tell you what it's not first. It's not based on your family name. It's not based on where you were raised. It's not based on your income. It's not based on your looks. (laughs) That should be good news for some of us. (laughs) It's not based on your education. The quality that has the greatest potential to impact your entire life is your consistency. Everybody say, consistency. Your consistency has great potential, more potential than you probably could ever imagine to impact every area of your life. Some of you are thinking right now, I'm screwed. (laughs) Because some of you, the thing that you're most consistent at is being inconsistent. How many would say that? Yeah, I'm not very consistent at being consistent, yeah. We're inconsistent in what we eat, We're inconsistent in our exercise. We're inconsistent in reading our Bible. We're inconsistent, many of us, in worship. We're consistent at being inconsistent. But it's the key. And I've looked through my life and I'm like, wow, there's been areas in my life for many years where I've struggled with being consistent. I tend to go in waves. I tend to be all in or not in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm either 100% or 0%. Like when I'm working out, I work out six days a week and I'm on. If I miss a week or two, right, then it'd be I could go a couple months and be off. I've talked for years about one of the most important things you can do as a married couple is pray with your spouse. And my wife and I have done that great at times. And then we'll miss like three or four days, and pretty soon we miss weeks. Then we'll be like, oh, we really need to pray together, and we'll pray together, and then we miss again, and then we... You following me? I'm not the only one, right? I find it strange that there's a guy that wrote most of the New Testament that's a spiritual icon. We, we would all look up to him. And I find some weird kind of pleasure in seeing that he also struggled at times with being consistent. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 said this, and just listen to this. This this sounds like we could have wrote it. He said, I don't really understand myself. Anybody got that? "I I don't really understand myself, Paul said, for what I, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. I wonder if that's where people came up with the devil made me do it. I'm just wondering. (laughs) If you know that consistency matters, and I think we know that consistency matters, but we're inconsistent, if you're tired of having good intentions but not following through and you fall short again and again and again, then I've got good news for you. This message is for you. We're we're calling it the power of consistency because consistency has the power to change every aspect of our lives. If you're new with us, we're in a message series called Before, and we're calling it Before because that's when we make our greatest decisions. That's where we make the wisest decisions, before we get to the event, before we get to the temptation, before is when we make it. So we're pre-deciding because that's what wise people would do, right? If you know it's coming, you would pre-decide that when this comes, whatever this is, I'm going to make this decision because that's wise. So we've been on this journey. In week one, we kind of set the pattern for where we are going. In week two, we talked about temptation. How are we going to pre-decide? Before you're tempted, because you know what you're tempted by. You got a list, right? We all have our list. We said the wise thing would be is to make a decision before the temptation comes that when this scenario, and that's kind of what we said, if, you're, if you got your note sheets, it's when we're faced with such and such scenario, we're going to pre-decide to take this action. If I'm tempted to spend money every time I get on Amazon, I'm going to pre-decide not either to go to Amazon or I'm going to wait three days before I click it, buy it, Right? You know your temptation. When you're faced with this scenario, what are you going to pre-decide to do or not to do beforehand? That's kind of where we're at on this journey. Last week, we talked at overcoming temptation. We got to make some decisions before we're tempted because we know we're tempted. So, in that situation where I'm tempted, I'm going to pre-decide to do this. This week, Wisdom would say, if consistency is key, then I'm going to pre-decide to be consistent, right? I mean, wouldn't that be what a wise person would do? If consistency can impact every area of my life, I'm going to pre-decide to be consistent. So here's the key today. If you're taking notes, it's not on your own. This is the good part, but it's with God's help I am consistent. With God's help, I am consistent. I don't have the power on my own to be consistent neither do you. Willpower, in other words, is not enough. Now, why does consistency matter? This is huge. You can fill this in. This is a key for the whole journey today, because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. You ever want to know what's different from successful people than people that aren't as successful? Because successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally, that's good news. We could say that we are what we do consistently. You don't like who you are, you are who you are because of what you do or don't do consistently. And so am I. It's not what we do occasionally. I'm not who I want to be with my good intentions. I am who I am based on what I do consistently. So I want to show you today from Scripture um, why consistency matters. And why consistency honors God. We're going to look at a Bible character from the Old Testament that uh, is probably one of the most consistent spiritual leaders of all time ever written down. This guy was meticulous and ridiculous when it came to consistency. His name is Daniel. And he was consistent morally. He was consistent relationally. He was consistent in his spiritual disciplines. And he was consistent because of that in his leadership. And to give you a little background on this story, it's really interesting that this happened around 605 B.C. This was about 16 years after the Babylonian had destroyed Jerusalem. And what they would do is they would swoop in and they would pick the best and the brightest young boys, often around the age of 12, with the goal of indoctrinating them, brainwashing them to think like they thought. And so they would take the brightest of the brightest around 12 year old boys and they would groom them, if you will. And we're gonna, they would say, You're gonna eat our kind of food. We're going to teach you our ways, we're going to teach you the way we think, we're going to teach you our values, and the goal was, as these 12 or so year old would grow up indoctrinated with their ways of doing things, that they would become great leaders in the future for their kingdom. Now that's kind of what was going on here uh, with Daniel. So think about this, maybe this has never dawned on you or you didn't know that history, but that means Daniel was somewhere around 12 years old think about this. The king that was in charge at that time was King Darius, and he noticed that this young boy, Daniel, even stood out amongst all the other bright 12 or so year olds. He had this unbelievable amount of consistency. By the way, consistency is contagious. It's attractive. It builds great leaders. And so we have this King Darius, right? And he's like, man, This this kid has got it. I want to raise him up. I want to see this kid promoted. I want to see the main focus on this kid, Daniel. And the Babylonians, the other men around him, said, we don't want this young guy stepping through the ranks. He's going to take our position. He's going to overshadow us. And so they thought in their own minds, we got to do something about it. We got to dig up some dirt on Daniel to try to get him, modern days, canceled. We got to cancel Daniel. So they kind of went back into his life. You know how people can dig up dirt. And they said, hey, let's see if he had any girlfriends. Let's see what his girlfriends had to say about him. Now, that'd be a cool thing, wouldn't it? So they kind of looked up his old girlfriends and they said, hey, you know any trash on this guy? You remember Daniel in school? What was he like? They looked up his social media, written on stone tablets probably, right? Let's see what Daniel tweeted seven years ago. Seven months ago, what did he do? They tried to find fault in his character, and oddly enough, Daniel 6:4 gives us a glimpse. Here's what it says: After them trying to dig up dirt, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. How crazy is that? How many of you know if somebody did a background check on you and went all the way back to your school, they could probably dig up some dirt? How many are lying? You didn't even raise your hand. I noticed some hands. I'm going to look some of you up just this week. (laughs) They couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Can we agree those are pretty positive qualities to have? He was faithful. He was always responsible. He was completely trustworthy. We could say he was very consistent. The enemies, the other Babylonians that were jealous didn't want David getting all this attention. They didn't want to lose their job. So they said, okay, the only way that we can get this guy who's so devoted to God is that we got to attack his devotion to God. So the plan A didn't work. We're going to go to a plan B. And so they went to the king, these Babylonian leaders, and they said, hey, king, we got an idea for you. Like, first let us tell you, King, you're the man. Like, you're the best. You're the goat, for those of you who don't know, greatest of all time, all right? (laughs) You look great in those shoes, by the way, King. And and so we got an idea. We think that what you should do is issue a decree. That'd be like a law. That if for the next 30 days... If anybody prays to any god besides you in the next 30 days, they should be thrown into the lion's den. And the king, (coughs) excuse me, because kings have big egos, he said, well, first of all, thanks for the compliments. Thanks that I'm the best. Thanks that you like my shoes. Thanks that I'm the goat. And I think that's a great idea. Your suggestion is good. Let us write a decree. For the next 30 days, if anybody prays to anybody except me, we throw them in the lion's den. It was all a setup. And what do you think da- Daniel did, who was faithful and consistent, when he heard about the situation? Don't think about what you'd do. I thought about that, and I'm like, ooh. Daniel's 6.10. Remember again, he's around 12, 13 years old. It answers the question of what he did. Watch the consistency in his relationship with God. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed... He went home and he knelt down as usual. You might circle as usual. In his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day just like he had always done. There's his consistency, giving thanks to his God. Daniel did what he always did. It didn't change Daniel's consistency a bit. And the leaders found out. Of course they did. They were spying on him. They were trying to trip him up. They were trying to catch him. And they said, hey, king, you know, boy, your boy, Daniel, that's so high up on your list, little boy, Daniel, is praying to another god, not praying to you. So, hey, king, based on the decree that you signed, you got to throw him in the lion's den. King wasn't very happy about it, but he couldn't go against his own word, and so he had Daniel thrown in this lions' den with a bunch of hungry lions. Now if you think about that, this is like game over. <laughs> do not pass go, do not collect $200. Your life is done. But what happened is God's word says that God sent an angel, and the angel's kept the mouths of the lions closed that's kind of cocky, isn't it? God can do that. And here's what happened in Daniel chapter 6 verse 23. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. Notice this, and this is free. Daniel didn't just say, I trust God. His actions matched his words. Hello, do you talk a better Christian life than what you live? If somebody asked you what's the most important thing in your life and you said, God, would it show by your actions? Would it show in your lifestyle? Would it show in your checkbook? Isn't it easier to talk it than it is to walk it? Daniel did both. He didn't just grow this in the lion's den. Daniel had learned through his consistency to trust God. He didn't learn to trust God. (laughs) Excuse me. Do you ever have one of them tickles? Just be glad that they don't put a microphone in front of your face all the time when they do that. (laughs) He, He learned to trust God not in the lion's den. He learned to trust God in his prayer closet. His faith was built in the battle. No, it was day-to-day life. So then he was ready for the battles. His faith was built when he would be in his prayer closet three times a day on his knees before the one and only God. He consistently, consistently sought God every day. Why is it that some of us are inconsistent with our relationship with God? because life happens. (laughs) We have good intentions, but we're not consistent. We tend to pray inconsistently. We tend to pray occasionally. Daniel worshiped God consistently. Daniel prayed consistently three times a day. Daniel served God consistently. We tend to do that occasionally. Daniel worshiped God consistently. Some of us, we tend to do that occasionally. And consistency is the greatest key in every area of your life. Consistency is what successful people have that the rest of us only do occasionally. It's not what we do occasionally that makes the biggest difference. It's what we do consistently. You pick the area. We know that this is true. So how do we improve our consistency? How do we grow in our consistency? I want to give you three things today, a game plan that's got three important thoughts because we're going to pre-decide to be consistent because that's what wise people do. And I got a feeling we got a bunch of wise people here. Not wise guys, wise people. Three big thoughts. Number one, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to start with the why. Everybody say, start with the why. Start with the why. If we want to grow in consistency, we got to pre-decide that we're going to be consistent. And to do that, we've got to start with the Why? Let me ask you this question. Why did Daniel pray consistently? Why do you think he prayed consistently? Do you think it was about an outward show? No, he did it in the privacy of his home. He wasn't going out on the street corners like the religious people did in Jesus' day and say, hey, look at us. We're praying on the street corners so everybody will see. We're praying nice and loud so you can hear. We're praying long prayers, not those little short prayers like the rest of you guys pray. He said, I want to let you know I'm praying for you. Daniel didn't do that. Daniel went in his private prayer closet and he would get down on his knees and he would pray to God three times a day because he was devoted to God. He was devoted to God. That's why even the people around him knew that he was devoted to God. It's not because they saw him pray. It's because they saw the consistency in all the other areas of his life. They saw his devotion to God. I mean, he didn't even bow down when they said you can't pray to anybody else. He just did what he normally did because he was so devoted to God. It wasn't an act that he just said, oh, okay, the threat's on. i got to stop that. It was born out of his devotion which is different than born out of desire. You get that? Anybody ever make a New Year's resolution? How long they last? Hours, days, a few weeks? You know why? Because they're not built out of devotion typically. They're just built out of desire. If you have a desire, you might not have a why. You just have a desire. But a why pulls out devotion. That's the difference. A why will pull out devotion like, wow, I'm really into this. You you, you know, the other reason why I know you only have a desire when you make New Year's resolutions, most people make them on December 31st or January 1. (laughs) You don't really have a devotion if you're doing it the last minute. (coughs) Man, this tickle. I mean, if you wait till January 1 to make a New Year's resolution, that's just stupid. You don't really have a why. <laughs> what if we had a devotion? You see, because you can have a desire. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have done this, but those of you that want to lose weight, right? And you say, I'm going to start on Monday. How many Mondays have you said that about? I'm gonna start on January 1st, so all during the holidays, you eat everything that doesn't move. You just shove it all in. Every cake, every cookie, everything that's there. I'm not even hungry. I'm just And then January 1, you said, oh, it's a salad. Why does January 1 have to be on a Sunday? Maybe I'll start on January 2. Right? You don't have a why. You just had an idea. You just kind of had this desire. If you want to grow in consistency, you've got to start with the why. Where do you want to be more consistent? Look at that. Where do you want to grow? You might say, I want to be closer to God. Great. Great great. Somebody says, I want to be closer to God. Great. Thank God for that. You might say, I want to have a better marriage. Thank God for that. That's great. I want to have more financial stability. Wonderful idea. I want to stop a bad habit that I've had for years. Great. Start with the why. What's your why? Well, I want to be closer to God because that's the thing to do. I want to be closer to God because somebody said it at church. Or you could say, you know what? I want to be closer to God because I'm sick and tired of doing life the world's way, and it's not working. God, I, want to, I said I followed you. I took you as my Savior and Lord. But the honest truth is I'm kind of running the show. So, God, I really believe that your ways are higher than my ways. And so, my why is because you're God and I'm not. That's what Daniel did. I want to have a better marriage. Why? Because my spouse is a jerk. I just want to get her fixed, get him fixed. Kind of sick of him. Would you pray for my spouse? No, because my why is I want to honor God with the vows that I said. My why is I want to be an example of what a marriage is supposed to be, building it God's way for my kids, for my grandkids. I want to leave a legacy, a spiritual legacy for my kids and my grandkids where they see real faith lived out through our marriage. That's my why. We got to start with your why. What's your why? Well, I want to have financial stability, why? So I can travel all over the world and do whatever I want. Oh, that's cool. That's just a desire. What's your why? Because I'm sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm sick of the financial pressure. I'm sick of handling money my way because my way is broke and it's not putting God first. Which means I'm robbing God. What's your why? We've got to start with the why. I'm not talking about willpower. I'm talking about why power. How many, listen, we all know that willpower is like, oh, that's what I need. I need more willpower. I need more willpower. No, you need why power and you can't do it alone. That's why we said that, listen, the only way I can be consistent is with God's help because God gives me why power and He gives me His power instead of willpower. Remember, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. When you know God's word, when you know his values, your decisions are easier. Daniel didn't have to think about, am I going to pray to a foreign god or am I going to pray to my own god? I don't care what they say. I know who my god is. That's what I'm doing. It starts with a why. Let's look at number two. The second key is you got to plan to fail. Now that sounds odd, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound counterintuitive? But you got to plan to fail. You actually plan not to be perfect. You know why? Earth, this is earth shattering news to some of you. You're not perfect. If you thought you were, you're not. I hate to burst your bubble. Daniel prayed three times a day. We read that. He did three times a day, even when they made the new decree, as he did before. The Bible says. Here's a question. Just think about this for a second. Do you think that Daniel ever missed one of his Daily, praying three times a day. How many of you think he probably missed a day? How many think he did it? Listen, he was human. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was an icon in many ways. Yes, he understood the why, but I will guarantee you that Daniel missed a day. Some point. He didn't do it all perfectly because he was human. Just like you and I are human. I'll guarantee he had one of those days. King Darius said, Dan, you got to stay late for work. And he missed his late afternoon prayer time. Or there was a time that he was caught in traffic. I mean, he tried to get home to pray, but the animal, the, the camels were, were like at a standstill, right? I mean, he, he probably called somebody on the phone and said, I don't know if I'm going to get home for my prayer time. I mean, these camels are like nose to butt, nose to butt all the way down the road. So he missed a prayer time. You got to plan to fail. You got to understand that being consistent doesn't mean to be perfect. Being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. That's a big lesson for me. I've always been one of those if you can't do it perfect, don't do it. You know, you give it your best. Is it going to be perfect? No. Remember I talked about praying with your spouse? My wife and I struggle to be consistent at that. (laughs) Some of you are like, man, you talk about that a lot. Well, if God takes two in marriage and makes them into one, how do you pray as a half and a half all the time? When I try to teach people that are married to pray, with their husband or their wife, or pray with their kids, I say, keep it simple and keep it short. And you might say, well, why would you tell us that? Why would you tell us to keep it short and keep it simple? (laughs) Because if you make it complicated, you won't do it. So there's so many benefits to praying with your spouse. We keep it short. You don't make it long and complicated because people won't do it. (laughs) If you start praying shorter and consistently, you might end up praying longer. So you got to know the why. Why would I want to pray consistently with my wife? Because the Bible says he took us two and made us into one, and I don't want to pray a half and a half all the time. Here's a problem for many of you. It's the illusion of perfection that's keeping you from getting started. Anybody ever do like taekwondo or judo or any of that where they give you different colored belts? Anybody ever do that? I remember hearing a story that they interviewed an instructor. And they said, tell us what's the hardest colored belt to win. You know what they told them? Somebody tell me, what do you think? (laughs) We had different ones. If you get to the top of the chain, right, you got a black belt. And everybody thought he would say black belt. You know what he said the hardest belt is to get? The white one. That's the one they give you when you start. You know why? Because he said most people are so afraid that they can never earn a black belt, they'll never even ask for the white belt. They'll never get started. I wonder how many of us, the reason that we're not pursuing things consistently and you pick the area is because we're so afraid of failure we won't even get started you got a plan to fail you're not going to be perfect you got to start with the why that's different than desire (laughs) and then number three if you're taking notes well let me give you the other let me back up when you know the why you'll find a way get too ahead of myself when you know the why you'll find a way you know why? Because it's not just a desire, then it's not just a good idea. It, it, it's driven from inside and you plan to fail and being consistent, I said, isn't the same as being perfect. And number three is you got to fall in love with the process. Do you know why Daniel prayed? Because he was devoted to God. He wasn't praying because it was his duty. He just loved time with God. What if you and I started doing consistently what what wisdom, we do it before, and we do it so often that we actually fall in love with time with God, prayer time with God, prayer time with my wife. I fall in love with the idea that my kids and grandkids are going to build their lives in some way following the foundation that I've built. Some of us, we make the mistake that we obsess about the goal. I got to lose 20 pounds. We got to pay off five credit cards. I got to read through the whole Bible this year. And the goal sometimes is so big that we're inconsistent. And if you've got that idea that I'm no longer perfect, I've already blown it like Daniel when it was. Nose to butt traffic going home, and he missed one prayer time. He didn't beat himself up and say, you are such a failure at prayer, Daniel. Some of us, we don't feel like we deserve to hit the goal, and the goal is so far out there in the future that we just kind of get paralyzed right here. But if you fall in love with the process, I'm going to be consistent. If I'm consistent, I will make progress. There's no doubt about that. And here's what's so important about that. Whatever your goal is, whatever your goal is, if you're successful, you're always successful when you honor God. Always. You want to be successful? You're always successful when you, every time you honor God. God. So here's what we're going to do. Wise people would do this, is we're going to pre-decide before we're faced with a decision. I'm going to pre-decide. With God's help, I'm consistent. I can't be consistent just on my own. I, I don't have enough willpower. I've got to have some why power. And here's the key. It's with God's help. He's the one that can empower me to live a life that honors him. He's for me. He's on my side. He's the one that can empower me. He's the one that has power that I don't have. My question to you is, what area of your life is God calling you to be more consistent? I'll just take a moment. Think about that. It might come right to your mind. Some of you, listen, you might just carve out 30 minutes today and go sit somewhere by yourself and say, God, what are, give me an area or two where I need to be more consistent look at the big picture of your life. God, what is it? Where where am I being inconsistent that you want me and I want to be consistent at that's going to pay off? Not temporarily, not in stuff that doesn't matter, but in stuff that really does matter. Maybe it is in your prayer time. Maybe it's your lack of consistency in worship Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in another relationship. Maybe it's in the way that you give or you don't give. God, where do you want me to be more consistent? And let God speak to you because he will speak to you. You know why? Because this stuff matters. Deep down we know what matters. We just get so wrapped up in so many things That were consistently inconsistent in things that matter. He'll show you the values that really matter. And once you know the values that really matter, your decisions are easier. And what you say yes to and what you say no to, and where you go and where you don't go, what you do and what you don't do. Three times a day, Daniel said, I seek the Lord. That's not going to happen by accident. It's a decision that Daniel made before. And he started with a why. And the great news is this. If you're not successful when you achieve the goal in the future, (laughs) congratulations, because you're successful when you honor God today. You're not going to be perfect, you are going to fail. So with God's help, with God's help, may you honor Him consistently in the areas that bring Him glory. And it makes you more effective in your home, in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, your place of work, your community, and in the world. The key to every single area of your life honoring God is consistency. Start with the why. Plan to fail. Embrace the process. And above all things, make a decision to honor Him today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you so much for your word, your powerful word. Your word that is Full of wisdom. God, just story after story that your way works and our ways don't. God, thank you for Daniel, this young teenage boy at best that was so consistent, that was so devoted because he knew the why. God, I pray for everyone hearing my voice, whether they're in this room or they're listening watching from somewhere else, that God, you would take your word and you would do what only you can do in the hearts and souls of your people. That God, this just wouldn't be another day. This would be a day where we drove a stake in the ground. We could never unhear or unlearn the power of consistency. God, we're not perfect when we won't be. But if we'll start with the why, and trust in your power, and begin to be more consistent in the things that matter, and make those choices today, every day we make that choice is a day that we're successful because that's a day that we honor you. If you're here today and you've never given your heart or life to Jesus, can I tell you that there's no better time than now? to make the greatest decision you can ever make in your entire lifetime. It's why God gave you life in the first place, to be reconnected with him because we're sinners. Sin separates us from a perfect and holy God. God so loved you that he sent Jesus to live and then to die to pay for your sins and mine to offer you the greatest gift you'll ever be offered that you can't purchase, you can't earn. You can't be religious enough, you can't do enough do's and not do enough don'ts to get to heaven. You get to heaven through one way and that way is a person, his name is Jesus. If you will provide the sinner which you are and turn from your sin and turn to him in faith, he will adopt you into his family never to be unadopted. He will give you the gift of eternal life, heaven life. It starts the moment you receive Him, and will last the rest of the life in this body, and then for all eternity. Doesn't even seem right. That's why it's called amazing grace. If that's you today, and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, today's your day. It's the wisest decision you'll ever make, and it's the decision that'll change your rest of your life and all eternity. If that's you, say, God, I don't understand it all, but I understand this. I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner, and my sins have separated me from you. Oh, you love me, but you can't hang out in the presence of sin. And so you came up with a plan to come and to live as a human, never to fall victim to sin, and they beat you and crucified you and buried you in a borrowed tomb, and then three days later, you defeated death. And you say that if I will put my faith and trust in you, that I won't die. Oh, this body will, but my soul will live forever with you in a perfect place. I can't earn that or deserve it. But Jesus, I want it. And I trust that your word says that anyone who asks and prays to receive you as Savior and Lord, you'll adopt them. God, that's my prayer. I will receive you right now by faith as my Savior and Lord. And from this day forward, I want to honor you. I want to live for you. I want to stand for you. I want to be an example of a follower of yours. And I want to be consistent. I say thanks. I give you all the praise in the name that's above all names. And everybody said, Amen.